My guest today is Steph LaPierre, CEO of Tealbook. Steph is a serial entrepreneur who grew up surrounded by entrepreneurs, her parents, her grandparents, her siblings. She discusses some of the key insights along her journey, including reaching out to people when you don't know, admitting humbly when you don't know, asking for help, and keeping your head up when traveling. Serendipity allows you to meet various people along your journey who are the experience and insights that you need at the time. She defines success for herself as being able to inspire her three daughters and to remain married to the man she loves for the next five to ten or fifteen years. So without further ado, Steph Lapierre. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, as mentioned, I'm the CEO of Tealbook. Um, Tealbook applies machine learning to uh, to help large enterprise have more, um, essentially have better visibility on the businesses that they hire to do any work or to buy product or actually services uh, to support their businesses. So we are building uh, what we believe will be the, the biggest and most trusted business to business network, helping companies find each other to move their business forward. Okay, so I'm going to help explain that a little bit. So for people in procurement who buy stationary hardware, computer supplies, and source other vendors to support their companies, through machine learning, Stuff's company helps make their jobs way easier. Yes, but also helping suppliers gain uh, gain more visibility to the right type of clients. That's really important because they're spending a lot of time uh, and resources trying to get new customers, and it's still a very primitive uh, process today that's very costly. So we enable them to uh, streamline their new business effort. Excellent. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about your career trajectory? So from really, how did you get to this point? Like, where did you start? And how did you actually get to be the CEO of your own company? Yeah, I think I always knew I wanted to be um, to have my own business. I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My grandparents are entrepreneurs. My parents, both of my parents, entrepreneurs. My my brother, my sister, all my friends from Quebec, and so I definitely uh, grew up with it. So I never really thought of life any differently. Um, I certainly didn't know what type of business I was going to own one day, but uh, I started my first. Um, business when I was 18, I had developed uh, an events company to help companies plan events for their employees and uh, and manage a production company. So I sold that very early on, move out west to learn English and thought uh, teach how to, to teach skiing in Whistler, which was a fun, fun experience. I, I did learn English, so that worked out. I went to university and after university, I got my first um, job in a startup agency that was uh, really uh, supporting pharma and biotech companies. I did that for a short period of time and then moved into sales uh, and marketing. Uh, and then I moved to Boston uh, in 2003. Um, what I did is, is uh, started a Canadian-based company into the U.S. So very young, uh, but a great opportunity to start a company on someone else's investment. Uh, and learn a lot through the process and build that company over three years time. Uh, it's when I had my first daughter that uh, I was traveling a lot. My husband was traveling a lot. So um, I looked at what I wanted to do and did sort of a wish list of the things that I loved and the things I didn't love as much. And uh, I always connected people. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm a networker. And a lot of people come to me to, to know about other people or about other companies. And so I came up with a business model that would help large enterprise 
uh, identify more effectively suppliers. And so that's where the, uh, the, I, I start dipping my toe into procurement, not knowing it was procurement. I was essentially managing a very good request for proposal for large enterprise. And that, you know, luckily and, and some hard work, but it grew nicely. Uh, I supported through that journey about 100 or so, uh, Fortune 100 to a lot of emerging companies that uh, were looking to build their entire commercial infrastructure. And so I was helping them find essentially companies who could provide product or services to help them uh, be more successful. And it's through that journey that I got the inspiration for Tealbook. I saw a gap, uh, how suppliers were spending their time and money to get exposed to large enterprise customers, even within their own customers. A lot of the information was really siloed, so uh, they had to basically do business development from scratch and uh, also to get the exposure to other companies where they could do good work, but maybe they're not there at the right time or didn't have the right connections. And I saw large enterprise, how they were buying and, you know, really looking at uh, to their peers for recommendations, still using Google and, and, and not they didn't have a source of truth where they could find effectively more information on suppliers that uh, could help them with their business. And so I launched Tailbook three years ago, uh, but it took me eight years of trying to kill the idea. Um, but I couldn't shake it. It was an opportunity that was ripe. Uh, procurement was ripe for dis- disruption. The right technology was uh, now available. And I thought, you know, if I don't do this, um, either no one will do it and the process will still be ineffe- inefficient and costly for uh, companies or someone else will do it and I'll be kicking myself, <laughs> you know. And I didn't want to have that feeling. I want to I sort of go by my life with living without uh, regrets. And so if I can do everything I can do and, and jump on opportunities, then I'll have the least amount of regrets, I think, as, you know, as possible. Awesome. So how did you actually fund your first venture when you were in Boston? Did you, did you self-fund it? I didn't, yeah. I, I grew it organically. Um, the, first, um, the first four hours, I sent a, an email. At the time, we didn't have LinkedIn or Facebook. or So I sent an email to a few of my contacts in the pharma and biotech industry about what I was launching. And within four hours, I got a call. And in the meeting, a friend of mine had mentioned, oh, I've got a friend who started this company. And so I got a call from a, a biotech company saying, Hey, we're looking for a supplier to do. Uh, it was for um, the large exhibits uh, at events to build a structure. Do you know anyone? And so it started from from that, and uh, very quickly grew. And so there's there's certainly a need in the industry. And so very organic. Um, I still own that business today. I'm lucky. I have a team in Boston that that keeps managing it because 150 percent of my time and, and focus is on Tailbook now. Wow, amazing! So a real serial entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. So were there any mentors or people that um, helped you along the way that kind of inspired you to keep going? No, I can't. I mean, I can't count them on on my fingers. So many, so many. Um, I think the one thing I I feel I've done well is uh, very humbly reaching out to people and asking for their perspective. Um, And also, I think one of the best advice I've had in the past is when you travel, keep your your head up, uh, not dive into your phone or your computer because you meet always really interesting people. And I'd say that a lot of my advisors have come from travels, sitting on a plane, you know, in the lobby of a hotel working and suddenly you start talking to someone that have incredible amount of experience. And so I've built a really strong network and ecosystem of people who have experience in different areas that has 
you know, helped me through the journey. And that's changed the type of people that I also go to uh, as the journey's progressing and we're now moving into the next phase. But uh, yeah, people have been very generous and I'm certainly hoping I can give back. Awesome. So how about some stumbles along the way? Were there, were there times where, you know, upon reflection, you would have done things differently or, you know, there were lessons learned? Were there any, any moments like that that you'd be willing to discuss? Yeah, I mean, when you've never started a tech company before, the nice thing is you don't know. And so you're going in very blindly and naively, and there's no other way to do it. Because <laughs> if you're new, not sure you would do it uh, again um, in the same way. But, uh, you know, I, I've learned a lot through the process. And, you know, when I look at people now that are putting companies together in the right team and they're going to raise the right amount of money up front and building their company, but that comes from experience too. It's hard when you're a first-time CEO um, and you don't have an executive team to get that kind of funding on an idea, right? So, um, yeah, certainly it's been a really, really rewarding journey. Um, it's been lonely at times. I mean, it's it's when you're a single founder, I think that's the biggest challenge. I now have an executive team, so I'm able to share some of that that burden or you know some of the decisions uh, and rely on people with a lot more experience in some areas and learning from them. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing is, is how lonely it's been and, and trying to figure things out when you don't have someone across the desk to be able to bounce ideas from. So that's where all my advisors have been, uh, you know, really, really valuable to me. So what would you attribute your confidence to, right? I mean, it seems like you were very much a risk taker as an entrepreneur. And obviously you were surrounded by that with your family and friends. But these are some big... Uh, challenges, right, and some and some big dreams, and I just I, I'd like to inspire the people on where did that confidence come from? Oh, um, yeah, it's I just believe you know when I look at people who've done who've built companies who've done incredible things, um, they have also insecurities and they've they've had their own trial and tribulation through the process. I just think if they can do it, why can I not? <laughs> right. So it's kind of my mentality. Um, someone can say no to you, but if you don't ask, you know, you don't know. And so um, I'm one to think that um, you know you can accomplish anything that you put your mind into. And if you're fully committed to something, people do want to help. And if they don't, it's typically on them, right? Um, and to not take it personally. So. I just think I, um, yeah, I, I see the vision. I see Tailbook and what it can be. Uh, how do we get there? You know, there's a lot of learning along the way, but I just really believe fundamentally that we can disrupt an industry and make things so much more efficient um, for businesses. So I'm encouraged by that and I'm motivated by that and I'm kind of not letting anything else, you know, stand in the way. Awesome. So how would you define success for yourself? Um, I think the success for myself is when I reach a point where I can help, truly help others. And I often say that Tealbook is the dream right now, and it's a company that I've seen and, and, um, and been working you know, day and night to make it successful. So that's definitely success in this, is seeing Tealbook becoming a market leader in supplier intelligence. There's no question there. Um, but I think success for me personally is to be able to achieve success in my business so that 
I have the platform to be able to help others, either financially or you know through my own experiences. And not to say that I couldn't if it was not successful. I, I'm sure that there's a lot of learnings that I could share and help others uh, be able to overcome some of their barriers. But I just think it's so much more powerful when you have that under your belt. So I feel like I'm earning my stripes to, to get to another level in my career where I'm going to be able to help others. Um, you know, my, my biggest goal is to remain married <laughs> through this process. Uh, so success will be to be married, you know, in 5, 10, 15, 20 years to the same man that I love. And he's been very uh, encouraging and he's an entrepreneur of his own and, and building a company, an amazing company as well. So um, we're set, certainly not a boring, you know, bored couple. We've got a lot going on. I have three daughters. And so today they're 10, 7, and 4. And uh, success will be that I can inspire them to do whatever they put their mind into. And already my 10-year-old started Instagram and she's reached out to the top chefs in Toronto and uh, set up interviews. She's had 12 interviews so far with top chefs who's given her half an hour to hours of their time to teach her how to cook and share that on Instagram. So, you know, just that gives me so much joy to be able to see her flourish and not be bound by barriers to say like, oh, I'm not going to reach out to these people. She doesn't know who they are and she's learning. Uh, But I think that's so cool that she's taking that initiative and I'm just guiding her along the way. Amazing. Um, Where there's any one main challenge that you'd be willing to discuss that really um, that you've had to overcome to get to this point today? Yeah, fundraising has been the hardest for me. Um, You know, getting customers is still an ongoing, how do we get large enterprise to to move in the pipeline faster? Ultimately, the more clients we have, the more value our companies will have, the more investors will be interested in Tailbook. And so it's a bit of a a full, you know, um, a full circle. But um, fundraising to me as a single founder was tremendously challenging um the learning curve from day one to when we did get funding was steep (laughs) i think my first pitches and 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 i never raised money before um you know just two institutional investors was um yeah that was definitely a challenge um, and I think what was important through it all is to get feedback and they're not always willing to give you feedback. So I had to probe to get feedback and honest feedback and some are too honest, but some are not really honest at all. Right. So they, they see so many companies that they'll give you something that's not going to you know, upset you. But I want to know the truth and I want to know what I could do to get funding. And the list was really long. <laughs> um a year, just over a year ago, I was single founder with uh, no executive team, and I was outsourcing my technology, and so I didn't have it in-house. I was depending on my data with a partner that I invested into. Um, we had customers in one vertical, and, and investors wanted to see us be able to be scalable outside of pharma biotech, and, um, and they said, you know, if you do all of these things, you'll be able to get capital. But I was running out of money. And so how do you attract an executive team when you can't pay them is one major challenge in, in finding the right executive team. And so I do believe that that a lot of magic dust have been following me um, throughout this journey and the right people have come in my life at the exact moment that I needed them. And that's when I met my executive team. So Ian and Jeff joined a year ago, actually, this week formally. Uh, that's a CTO who has tremendous experience in our space and, and very ingrained in the AI community. Um, and then our CEO have built multiple enterprise software. It comes with a wealth of experience 
and helping my learning curve uh, jump a few step ahead so that we don't make too many mistakes along the way. And we, uh, and we spend the last year, we were able to essentially raise capital and then spend the last year uh, building the team, building the, rebuilding the technology, building the data, expanding outside of pharma biotech. So we've accomplished all the things that we had set to accomplish. So uh, definitely worth you know, the, the, the learning and going through that, that phase. It made me better. Um, it made me step up and I've had to do that again recently. And so rethinking how, you know, we were presenting to investors or a story and taking a very insightful approach to saying like, I need to strip this, throw in the garbage and start over again and be humble enough to be able to turn that around and show investors that you're listening and that you're willing to take action. So if there was one lesson you want to give somebody trying to raise money, what would it be? I think that's it, right? To, to listen to feedback um, be really honest with yourself. Like I, we're all really passionate about our idea, and there's no, if we didn't believe in our idea, we wouldn't do it, right? So we all believe that we can, we can have success, and that uh, everybody should buy into what we're building. And uh, you know, a lot of people, and I've heard that from people raising money now that are a little earlier stage. Well, I'm doing this because, and I know the because, and I've heard someone say, well, recently, like I'm outsourcing my technology because it's the right way to have, you know, uh, to see if our, pro- and, and I get that, but ultimately I was told the same to bring my technology in house. It was really important to own our proprietary technology to investors. And so um, just to, to be open to feedback and really listen, even if you don't think it's the right time, you have to make the right decisions to satisfy or provide confidence to investors that you're listening and you're willing to make the investment to move to the next stage. So I think just having your listening ears and taking the feedback and, and showing, you know, that you, uh, you are taking action. So do do you think being a woman CEO has helped or hindered you in the process? I, I, it's just so hard for me to label myself as a, cause I just think my clients don't care that I'm a woman. I really don't think they care as long as I have a really good product and that I'm providing value. At the end of the day, my advisors, my customers, I don't think my employees are saying like, ooh, it's a woman CEO, I'm not going to work or work for her. It's really on the investment side that I felt being a female founder was a thing. And I found that so interesting. Um, But the stats are real. It's a very low percentage. And um, there's definitely still stigma and I've experienced it when I was fundraising and I come from Quebec where we're not even allowed to, to change our last name. Like we're such equality and feminism. And, uh, so I was a little shocked that was, that was still ongoing and it doesn't always come just from men, from women investors as well. And luckily there's some very special people, uh, in the investment community that are female or male that are very uh, supportive of female founders I think our needs are a bit different and the realities is a bit different. Um, and so I'm not a 24 year old kid, you know, or someone who has a wife at home taking care of the kids. Uh, the responsibility of my children are on me as much as my husband. And so it, you know, the events I can attend, I travel a lot for work and, and the importance of prioritizing and it's difficult. Like we had this week events every night and I did go every night, but that's hard. And some I'm there and I'm like, I should be home. <laughs> So like, what are the events or the initiatives that provide the most value to me and that are the best use of my time so that I'm not putting my kids to bed tonight is what I have to be better at doing. But that's really important for my family. 
And so I think that's the biggest challenge is how do you navigate, you know, organizing play date and remembering birthday parties. And I'm not today at scientists at my daughter's class who asked me to volunteer because I, I don't have, you know, the time during the day. So it's balancing those things. Okay. Um, is there anywhere people can go to learn about your company and the industry? Uh, for sure. I mean, we have a website, so we're relaunching a new website. Our website is already a year and a half old, which is ancient time and technology. And we've really spent a lot of time um, looking at our value proposition and our positioning. So, But it's steelbook.com. We do have an incredible white paper um, if you really want to learn about it and, and the problem that we're solving through machine learning. Um, and the white paper came from a series of roundtable that we've done with senior executives across the U.S. Uh, we had, you know, partners, consulting firms. We had very senior C- chief procurement officers, very forward thinking. So if you're really interested, we have a lot of videos on YouTube as well. So there's definitely a lot of content and you can definitely reach out to me uh, personally. I'm on LinkedIn. It's Stephanie with a Y, Lapierre. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. If you really want to get to know me, I have an Instagram account. I'm pretty active. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, reach out. Okay. Um, were there any um, inspirations to you in the media that you're kind of guiding your career after? Um, other entrepreneurs across the board or people that you've looked up to? So many. I can't, I can't even... Um, so many. Um, I can't think of one specific because there's too many to account for. Um, but when I see success and I, I recognize the you know, the leadership skills in someone and to bring a company to the, the level that they bring it. And sometimes I find that some really senior executive or founders are really scrutinized for, for you know, messing up. And I'm like, you know how fast their company grew when they started from nothing? Like, so, you know, I kind of, I defend them in a way. Um, but uh, yeah, I think any good leaders that have been able to take a company from the ground you know, to uh, to being a successful company, it's to me, it's admirable. It takes a lot of work, and it's it's a huge, as you know, it's a huge roller coaster. And uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I applaud, and I'm inspired by all entrepreneurs that actually early stage or, or or later stage. Yeah, just the ability to do it. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a breed of people, and I've yes. realized that that I'm not alone. <laughs> not along crazy enough to do this journey and you meet others and you're like you're just like me Uh, so there's definitely some traits of of entrepreneurs and and people that have what it takes to get to that next level it takes a lot you know and it takes a lot of good decisions uh and getting people excited about what you're doing i think that's key you have to get people excited about what you're doing so that they're coming on board in this journey and they want to lift you um and that is investors, employees, executive, advisors, the media. It's so many people that you have to have that kind of level of energy. So I love that you still understand that there's a, such a huge element of luck in that, whether it's magic pixie dust, right? Because there's tons of people that are working hard and have a good idea, but they never actually get to a growth stage or a profitability. Or, yeah. right? And then there's others that just luck out because they have... A piece of technology at the right time where it's strategically valued to a Facebook or a Google, right? Yeah, but I think you have to be thoughtful about what you're launching. If I had launched Tealbook 10 years ago, it would have not been successful, right? Procurement was not ready to embrace cloud technology, let alone like even machine learning, we're still a bit ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, 
And so I think you have to be thoughtful and really understand that you have a good market fit for your product. And understanding that early and being willing to say, I'm going to pause or it's not the right time is, is I think, really important. Um, so, yes, but there's, there's, I think there's some thoughtful decision that needs to be made. And then the luck, the unlucky part is, you know, you're running out of money and you've got a great idea and the market crashes. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's, or you have a PR event and yeah. on the same day there's like a hurricane, right? Or yeah. something that, yeah. that's unlucky. But um, the decisions that you make about your business and the people you bring in all will impact the future. So you have to create a really strong foundation early on and you make your luck right so I totally uh, I totally agree with that right luck is an opportunity as well mm -hmm. and as you said there's timing there's elements there's a knowledge or an education part in the market as well yeah so is there any other insights you would like to give our listeners on a startup or raising capital or on how to balance it all I think we're all, I mean if it's if you're thinking about starting your own company or if you're in the middle of it just know that everybody has doubts <laughs> everybody has a moment to you know to meet every Monday morning I, I every Monday morning I'm like what am I doing meanwhile we have incredible clients we have incredible investors you know and I'm like am I doing the right thing am I you know and by Friday I'm so pumped because now we've got all week we've had Um, a lot of really good feedback or, or new clients or moving in the pipeline or new features that have been launched that are successful. Um, but it's, it's um, I think just, just know that if you've quit your job or um, you've really invested basically your life into uh, an idea, it must be the right one. Otherwise, you would have never done it right you've never taken that leap of faith so just go for it and go for it full on like not blindly but go for it full on and um and yeah when you meet other entrepreneurs and you think they have it all together and they're amazing and they've made all the right decision nobody has <laughs> just remember that nobody has there's no company that became an overnight success you know there's i don't know many Uh, I actually I don't know any that have just been an overnight success without having to go through some some fair challenges. So um, yeah, just be resilient. This is the and believe in yourself and and surround yourself with really awesome people. Thank you so much for your time, Steph, and I wish you all the best on your future. It looks very bright. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. Awesome. So folks, Steph Lapierre talked about so many insights in being a serial entrepreneur the doubts we all have and you know the confidence that wavers the fact that companies overnight are never successes and a lot of the time you don't read about all the struggles and the difficulties they had along their journey from raising financing to making payroll to all of the sacrifices that family and friends make so it definitely an amazing story of somebody who has started a, the third journey of entrepreneurship and is heading her own tech company. So a couple of the insights that Steph gave us was don't be afraid to reach out to mentors and people that are in the know and have experience, right? Success for her is really defined by her family, inspiring her three daughters and maintaining her relationship in her marriage. The other things that uh, we wanted to discuss is basically these are all the challenges that anybody goes through as an entrepreneur. And it's always amazing to 
hear and listen to somebody that's going through that journey, especially if you're inspired to continue on a similar journey or just to start your own company and do your own thing. So a couple of housekeeping things is we will post on our website um, links to tealbook.com, links to stuff we will also have on our blog, her bio, and um, contact information to the company. And if you have any insights on procurement and machine learning, a link to the white paper she mentioned, and a link to the Instagram account that she also mentioned regarding um, her daughter interviewing various chefs in and around Toronto. So I hope you enjoyed that, and we always welcome your feedback. Again, our website is womenworkandwisdom.com. I am Diane Lai. Thanks for listening. <laughs>